Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. He's the editor-in-chief of the most popular Chiefs website on the internet and the president of the MBS fan club. I think he's in line to become the number one receiver. I'm having the pick. I'll pick MBS. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride joins the drive. Yo, we got to take that MBS bite out of here, Oakland. I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Just like when they kept having the, I'm the captain of the Ronald Jones mobile. They were playing for four months <laughs> at some point. All right, we got it. it the, your take can expire at some point. I'm willing to, you know what? That was that was before MBS ever played for the Chiefs that you said that. I'm willing to let that one go. Now. They were having a good offseason together. And look, they had a couple big games. You were big super catches. excited about MBS when he first got here. You saw him in camp a couple of times. You Thank saw him in those, was... in those Chiefs pro days and you were like, oh yeah. my goodness, look at what they have. He was MVE, Marquez Valdez eating in the AFC title <laughs> game. I don't know if they go to the Super Bowl without him. I feel like we say that about 70 players over these last couple of years. Hey. Think about how many guys we say that about. Mike Pinnell. Hey, I don't know if they go to the Super Bowl without Mike Terrell Pinnell. Terrell Suggs. <laughs> yeah. Sammy did. Watkins. Daniel Sorensen. Like, you're telling me that it takes more than just one player to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, you're right. Danny Sorensen. Dirty Dan. The, the the big difference in that comeback over the Houston Texans years ago. Remember? Sniffed, he sniffed out, uh, I think it was uh, Justin Reed, actually. Let me ask you this question before we, before we get going. Mm-hmm. Who's the worst team in the league? We've been debating that in the office ever since the end of the game. Who's the worst team in the league? Because one of those teams is possibly in their division. Right. And the other team is the team that they possibly just played on Taylor Swift Day at, at Arrowhead Stadium. <laughs> Who, who's the worst team in the league? Uh, I don't think the Broncos are the only team the Dolphins are going to embarrass like that. Now, I don't expect 70 points again, but I I could see them beating a team by like 28 or something like that. I, I just think the Dolphins offense right now is historically good. I think it's the Bears. But I, I don't think the Broncos are good by any means. But if you're asking me for the worst team in the league, it's the Bears and everything they have going on off the field as well. It was just startling to me, even in a game in which all week I was pretty confident in the Chiefs' ability in this game. And people were like, yeah. oh, what about last year against the Colts? Like, I, I don't think you guys have been keeping up with the Bears. Like, I yeah. just don't, I don't think you've been keeping up. I was just surprised at how, I mean, the Chiefs were up 34 to nothing at halftime. Like, the NFL is designed for the game to be close. Like, you remember, like, NBA mm-hmm. Jam or NFL Blitz, how the game wouldn't allow you to get up by too much. You know, like you start turning the ball over or missing shots or something weird would happen. So the game could be close, right? Beating a team the way that the chiefs beat the bears is not only a sign of how good you are. It's also a sign of how bad and dysfunctional the other team is that at no point in that game, was it interesting? Was it no. close? Was it competitive? Did you think that the Bears could do anything? You didn't think at any point they could stop the Chiefs? You didn't think at any point that they were going to be able to score against the Chiefs either? Wire-to-wire victories are 
rare in the NFL. And I know there are times when the Chiefs are playing a, a middling team that comes into Arrowhead, you just kind of expect it, and then it's all of a sudden a game in the second, third quarter, and everyone's ticked off. But the NFL is designed for the parity and for games to be interesting for the most part each and every week. I know that we're – I think we get Broncos and Bears this weekend, See that I think they play each other. So that that's a game that I would avoid at all costs, even on the Red Zone channel. But, yeah, it it, it is both. It is the Chiefs being what they are, the Super Bowl contender, and the Bears being what they are, which is going to be in that lottery pick conversation. I saw that they have a 31% chance of having the number one overall pick. When you combine their pick and what it could possibly be, and they have Carolina's pick because they traded it for Bryce Young. Yeah, and I don't know I don't know what you do if you're, you're Chicago. I mean, it's hard to, at this stage in week four of the NFL season, to say tank and, and lose every game because you are dealing with 53 players that are on that roster and have to deal with the embarrassment of each and every week. But at this point, I mean... I'd be trying to get as high as picks as we possibly can. Right now, we're talking to Pete Sweeney. He's in studio. We're going through just talking about some of the key stories with the Kansas City Chiefs. I am curious to get your thought. This was something we talked a lot about on Monday, kind of recapping the show. When the offense plays well, everybody throws flowers at their feet, whether it's Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed. I get it, right? Yeah. You've got Hall of Famers on that side of the ball. It feels like the praise for the defense is a lot quieter, and we are normally a lot slower to come around on the defense. I would think that the Chiefs' kingdom would kind of wave this defense as a, if you are on team in Veach, we trust. We talk about that all the time. Right. This defense is his creation. This team was coupled with one of the three worst defenses in the National Football League in 2018, and the only job they had was to fix it turn around five years later and they've created one of the five best defenses in the NFL where at that moment, whenever you realize that the chiefs had a star quarterback, all fans were saying was, Hey, we don't got to be the best defense in the league. Just be 17th, 18th, just give the offense a chance. They've held the lions to two touchdown. Everybody's darling, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's never scored more than 21 points against this team. They scored zero touchdowns in the game. The Bears didn't score a touchdown until the final five minutes of a game in which they were losing 41 to three. I feel like this week, I get it. We're in the middle of all the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey hype and yeah. excitement. But the real story from this game, through all of that, the real football point is, man, the Chiefs defense has played incredible so far this season. I think it's being missed through the cloud that is the the trailer experience right now for sure. I also think it would be a way bigger story that Andy Reid is just going in on the officials and doubling down. He never does something like that. And so for me, I think that should even be a bigger story. But, yeah, getting back to the defense, it has top five potential. We went in the, the year and we're hoping that the defense would be within the range or the realm of top 10. And you said, okay, you know, now here you are in this year four of the Steve Spagnuolo experience. That's to be expected. Like, let's, let's make sure that the the chiefs defense is top 10 and they have suddenly put together a top five ceiling. And that's exciting because the offense had a really nice game last game. I feel like with Patrick Mahomes, it was always a matter of time anyway. And now not only are you looking at one of the best teams in the league, but also one of the more complete teams in the league. And I, I don't know if I remember a time during the Patrick Mahomes era in which you could say 
the defense has a chance to match what the offense is, and I think you could say that without a doubt right now. I'm not calling it as good as the offense yet, but I think there is a chance, which, again, I just, as good as the defense was, and hell, they won two Super Bowls, I just never think, I never thought that that we were in this place. I think that their defense has reached a point more than just that they can complement the offense. You can win games because you have this defense. Yeah. I mean, against the Lions, their defense did everything in their power to help you as an offense win the game. You just turned the ball over, didn't make enough plays. Like, the offense is why they lost that game. Their offense didn't play well against Jacksonville. The defense is the reason that they won that football game. Like, we've now reached the point where it's not just, hey, can you hold teams under 27 so the offense can score 30? It's, hey, you're going into this game against the Jets thinking, well, you know the Jets aren't scoring more than 13, 17 points in this game. Hey, can your offense score 21 points in this game? Can they score 24 points? If you can do that, this is going to be a comfortable win for the Chiefs. Like, we have really evolved to the point where it's not some mythical number total that you're asking the defense to hold a team under. You go into it expecting them to play well against these teams. Yeah, and it just hasn't ever been the case. I mean, it has always been, ever since Spagnolo took over for Bob Sutton, Okay, well, can they just be average? Because we know the offense can take care of the rest. Can they get to above average? And look, the offense is going to score between 21, 28 points every game. Can they get to that point? Now it's like, can you pitch a shutout? Because the Chiefs are are that good and looking that good through three weeks on both sides of the ball. Let's take a quick break here. Coming up on the other side, I want to get through some of the top storylines in the rest of the NFL. I asked you who the worst team was in the league. We have a toss-up question going around the office here. Is it easier to identify who the best team is right now in the league or who the worst team is in the league? I'm curious (laughs) to get your thoughts on that. We'll also ask your question about the beatdown that the Broncos got this week at the hands of the Dolphins. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. Pete Sweeney in studio. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the DePasquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Kansas City is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up in just a bit, I just want to play you audio clips and sound bites from the week that made me laugh. There were probably about three or four 
sound bites that have just amused me. Okay. So we'll do that coming up in a little bit. You know, I, I love your audio when you play it. You know, that's, that's why I'm here, man. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride joining us in studio right now. But what I want to do is I want to go through some of the top storylines in the National Football League and just see how you're feeling, see what you're thinking, give you an opportunity to talk about a team outside of the Kansas City Chiefs. They smoke the Bears, and I'm guessing you think they're going to smoke the New York Jets this week. The Jets scored 10 points two weeks ago. They scored 10 points last week. I'm going to set the over-under at 11.5 for this <laughs> week. I'm just I'm not very confident in the Jets and their ability to score points against this defense. We'll get back to the Chiefs coming up in just a bit. But, Rob, take it away, my friend. We'll start our week three in review with a very simple question. Now that you've seen three games across the NFL landscape, what team do you is the most impressive team across all of the National Football League? It's Miami. It's Miami, and I don't, I don't think it's particularly close. And not to say that they're the complete team or the best team. I just think this offense is incredible. I mean, it, it really is. And I, I wonder if it's stoppable you know i i'm very very intrigued about chiefs and dolphins in in germany and i know we don't get that that game for a couple weeks and i know about the whole idea of not looking past games but man the chiefs are are better than the next five teams they play i'm, I'm just very eager to see if this defense that we're commending right now and and complimenting will be able to to curb them a bit and i think the the patriots did to an extent so i'm optimistic but this is a dangerous, dangerous Dolphins team all of a sudden. I don't want to copy your answer, so let me pick the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to pick the 49ers because of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has now made eight starts in his NFL career, not counting the postseason. He's completing 67% of his passes, has 17 touchdowns, and Z or four interceptions, zero so far this season. Yards per attempt, 8.1. Mm. We're not talking about a quarterback who is just being carried by a very talented roster. We're talking about, hey, San Francisco was winning these games and dominating those games. He made two. His two touchdown throws on Thursday Night Football were two very difficult, high degree of difficulty throws. I think Brock Purdy has played really well. And if San Francisco is going to get good quarterback play, I hate to say it, but San Francisco was the best team in the National Football League. Mr. Irrelevant, making the Niners relevant again. How about that? Are you a Brock Purdy believer, though? Like, I was just seeing Nick Wright's tears, and the Niners fall into the quarterback questions but good tier. Like, isn't that going to be the million-dollar question all season long with them? It is going to be the million-dollar question. But what I think is going to happen with Brock Purdy, and this is where I think the media creates these scenarios in which you can't lose, where you'll doubt Brock Purdy, you'll doubt him. He'll continue to play well. He'll eventually play Portland. It's like, see, I told you so. Well, hold on. How many games do you consecutively play well? I mean, Patrick Mahomes has played poorly. Burroughs played poorly. Right. Allen's played poorly. Like, that's just going to happen. There's been games in which Steph Curry hasn't shot well. So, I mean, we're talking about at this point, he's made 10 starts in his NFL career. They've won all of those starts since he's been there. He's been consistent this entire time. He doesn't turn the football over. He's incredibly accurate. Like, I'm at least open to the possibility of me being wrong about Brock Purdy and you playing poorly one game maybe next week on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys doesn't say, see, I told you. Well, hold on. He's played 10, he's played 10 good games. You're entitled to slip up once or twice. Yeah, I think well, – we're talking about here though is like in a big game let's say they get to the nfc title game do you feel comfortable picking purdy or over hurts at this point and i you know i just i don't know i don't know 
The inverse, the most impressive, Pete, is biggest disappointment. There are plenty of teams to pick from in the NFL. I get sample size and the whole deal. But three weeks in, what team has disappointed you the most across the National Football League? Well, I think it was something that most of us saw coming to an extent, but it's got to be the Minnesota Vikings, right? I mean, this is a team that was 13-4 and last year. You end up losing in the playoffs when you were supposed to win. And now you you come back in 2023 and you're supposed to rebound here and you're staring down the barrel of 0-3. It's hard enough to make the playoffs when you're 0-2. I think it's only 10% when you're 0-2. I don't know what it is for 0-3, but obviously it's worse than that. And this is a, a team that had at least, at the very least, playoff expectations, if not to win their division. So I think it has to be Minnesota when you talk about disappointing teams. I don't want to copy your answer, so let me take the Jacksonville Jaguars as the team. They scored 17 points in the game against Kansas City. They scored 17 points last week against Houston. This was an offense that we expected to take that next level. You've got a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League. This is more of the same that we've seen from Trevor Lawrence. Three touchdown passes, two interceptions on the season. Their weapons, I think maybe we oversold them just a little bit. Outside of that first game with Calvin Ridley, in which he had over 100 yards, he has 173 on the season. I think we all thought or expected Jacksonville to take that next step. They just haven't taken that next step. I mean, I picked them as the two seed in the AFC. Rob picked them as the one seed. They don't look like the best possible team in the AFC. They're not at Kansas City's level, not at Miami's level. I, I'm looking at a team that I wouldn't pick to win the AFC North. Yeah, I, I think that Jacksonville's been disappointing relative to their expectations. I didn't think that Minnesota was going to be good this year. I didn't pick them to make the postseason. Yeah, we, we all saw what they did last year in one-score games. You know that that luck eventually turns on the opposite. I'm not completely writing off Jacksonville yet because I think it's looked a lot worse than the numbers depict. However, it hasn't looked good. I I think Trevor Lawrence's receivers are letting him down a bit here with drops. They need to get cooking soon or they are going to find themselves in the outside looking in. Maybe you guys are giving them a pass, but isn't the Jets, the Chiefs upcoming opponent, the answer for biggest disappointment? I know they lost their quarterback, but people talked about them as a Super Bowl contender, and now they're going to have the number one overall pick, potentially. Are you guys just putting them in a separate category because of health? Yeah, I just don't think we can say, well, I know they lost their quarterback. I mean, that just explains why they're down. You went from having Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback to not having Zach Wilson as your starting quarterback. That's like me telling you, hey, Rob, you know what? Let's go out to eat. You know what? I'm going to take you to the nicest restaurant in town that we pull up at McDonald's. Sure, you ate, (laughs) but come on now. We continue on our week three interview. Pete. Who has been the biggest surprise of the NFL season? Who's someone who's caught your eye and you went, whoa, look what's going on over there. Maybe someone off the radar you didn't see coming so far in the NFL season. I think that is a a good question. I think I had my, I'll, I'll tell you, I think I had my questions about the Green Bay Packers and life after Aaron Rodgers. We're just talking about Aaron Rodgers and, and dealing with the Jets and I understand they've only beaten the Chicago Bears, who stink, and uh, they just won a close one against the New Orleans Saints. But I I think that they have some young receivers in place. Uh, They're about to get uh, Aaron Jones back to their squad on Thursday, so we'll see what they can do against the Detroit Lions. But this is a division game coming up. They've put themselves in a position where I think they could take control of that and How annoying would that be for the rest of the division when you look up and you find 
a serviceable quarterback who has put them in a position to potentially keep the stronghold that has been years and years and years. So I'll, I'll put the, the Green Bay Packers as my pleasant surprise. Let me give you an AFC version of that. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns as my team. Cleveland has the best defense in the National Football League. And last week, Deshaun Watson played his best game in a Cleveland Browns uniform, threw for 283 yards, multiple touchdowns, and didn't turn the ball over. If Cleveland's going to get good quarterback play to go with that defense, I think they're the favorite in that division. So you want to give me the team that surprised me the most. I think Cleveland is a potential legitimate contender in the AFC with that defense, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson as he gets more game experience, gets back into rhythm. I'm going to give the Browns my biggest surprise. The Browns have a chance to win that division because of the way Joe Burrow looks. And I don't even think it's... I would actually pick him right now to win the division. Yeah, I don't even think it's Burrow's fault because he's had this calf issue and... They're not resting him. They're just going to have him play through it. There is no way if they don't rest him and get him to 100% that the the Bengals win the division. I'm telling you. So it's got to be one of the other three teams. Not going to pick the Steelers. So then you're down to the Ravens and the Browns and could easily see that being a coin flip situation. So why not the Browns? Pete stole a lot of my thunder with that last comment heading into our final question. We're going to ask it anyway (laughs) because Joe Burrow is not looking right in Cincinnati right now. They were at one point and probably still our Chiefs fans' biggest rival, but with how he looks and the fact they're not shutting him down, are you boys sure the Chiefs' back-to-back AFC Championship game opponent is going to even make the playoffs? I got one more thing to add, and I said this to some friends the other night when we were just talking about the NFL in general. They should have rested him, and they'd have a better chance of making the playoffs, in my opinion, if they were to arrest him and had lost to the Rams and somehow got him 100% whether they be 0-3, 0-4. I don't think he's going to get 100% at any point this season. But my thing is, get him as close to where he is not going to have a setback as you can be. Maybe it's resting him three weeks, because I just think you bring Burrow back, let's say it's 90%. He was not even 90 the other night. They couldn't even go under center. His calf is so bad. So I, 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 don't, I don't believe in the Bengals anymore. I don't think he can because of the way Burrow looks. I don't think Cincinnati's making the playoffs this year. Yeah. I just... It seems like one of those injuries. I mean, he missed basically all of training camp. We've now seen the first month of the season. He doesn't look healthy, so he hasn't been healthy in two months in theory. I mean, it might be too late if he starts to figure things out week 10. But, I mean, at that point, you just got other injuries that just accumulate because you've been playing football this entire time. I don't think Cincinnati's making the postseason. I don't know if that hot take or not to have the Bengals missing the postseason. I just think that that division's too tough. I think there's too many good teams in the AFC. I think we're talking about a Bengals team that's on the outside looking in by the time we're done with this thing. It's frankly dangerous because he can't work the pocket. And even from an accuracy standpoint, you saw him the other night with wide open receivers down the sidelines and the ball's like in the bleachers. I don't even know what they're doing. It's it's to the point where you might as well, if he has to have surgery, just get the surgery done and look toward next year. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, it's just you're, you're putting him out there, you're putting him in, an, in a dangerous situation, and you're, you're risking some of the future if he, he suffers another catastrophic injury like we saw a couple of years ago. So coming up on the other side, Pete, I want to play some of my favorite audio from the last couple of days and just get your reaction. Yeah, It's going to be some Chiefs. It's mm. going to be some non-Chiefs. I just want to play some audio mm. and just get the real reaction from Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. Is that cool with you? I love that. I Come- love it. Coming up on the other side, I'm going to play some of my favorite sound bites from these last couple of days for our guy Pete Sweeney. Keep it right here. It's the drive. 
The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deepasquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. Tune in every day right at 2 o'clock for your chance to win a free pizza. Free is my favorite kind of pizza. Listen and win right here on 610 Sports Radio. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Hey, Chiefs fans, it's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. what I want to do, man. I want to play for you various sound bites, clips, things that I think have just been really funny. So it might be something like in college football, whenever the head coach at the Ohio State University called out Lou Holtz. Like, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, <laughs> what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. I mean, Lou Holtz is 147 years old. <laughs> Why are you in a media back and forth of beef with 153-year-old Lou Holtz? I mean, immediately after the game is over. I mean, it is a thrilling finish to a college football game. And you're in a media beef with 161-year-old Lou Holtz? Mm-hmm. That's funny audio to me. This just goes back to how coaches and players will literally do anything in their brain to have some kind of extra motivation. Like the Patriots used to do it, and they were killed for it. Uh, The Chiefs got killed last year, even though there were some very real examples, especially preseason of teams or of analysts saying that the Chiefs were going to fall off. But I, I think the funniest one to me of of the beef is when I don't know if you remember this Richard Sherman kind of made up in his head that Baker Mayfield had like said or done something before a game and then he had said it later in the media and and the quarterback didn't have any idea what he was even talk about talking about so yes it could be 180 year old Lou Holtz <laughs> that gives extra motivation but coaches and players will do anything because it it does give you a little bit of an edge and I you know I see the Chiefs do it all right, so that's the one college audio that I'll play for you because I thought it was funny. I thought it was humorous. The fact that the head coach at Ohio State is beefing with the old guy on ESPN. Ohio versus the world. It's, it's always been that. I just want to point yeah. that out. It's always been Ohio right. versus the world. This is some of the funniest Chiefs audio that I've ever heard. <laughs> you are in the locker room. Yeah. 99.9% of things that they say, nothing. Mm. Just typical football cliches. It's not normally something that we would play on the show. Willie Gay's answer to this question. (laughs) It is hilarious to me. He gets asked one of the most simple football questions I have ever heard in my entire life. And I don't say that as like a knock. Yeah. I just say that this is just what you ask a football player. Hey, what have you been seeing on film? Just, and you, and you try to get a good football answer from him. Oh, he gave you a good football answer. When you look on tape, what are you seeing from Zach Wilson in their offense? Damn. 
That was a hard question. I can't lie. Uh, the team that want to run the ball. <laughs> he asked him that like it was like it was a real brain buster. Like he stumped him. Hey, what are you seeing from the other team's starting quarterback? I'd rather you just say, hey, we haven't yeah. really dived into the film yet. I'd rather you just give that answer. I So I think what happened there, I was standing there. I think what happened with Willie Gay is he he knew what he wanted. to. This, you know, players are asked to maybe not rattle the other team, kind of what I was just describing, but the opposite. And so I think he knew what he was thinking, which was, man, Zach Wilson stinks. But he also knew that he can't just go out and say that. And so his brain kind of told him, like, this is a tough uh, question that you just gave me. But maybe <laughs> should have just, like, waited in silence before answering, you know, a team that really wants to run the football, which would have been fine by itself. But, yeah, it didn't sound great. I mean, in that scenario, you know, Willie Gay, just lie. Just lie and say something nice about Zach Wilson. He could use it right now. He's really taking it from all angles here. You know what you could have said? Mm-hmm. Hey, I see a really athletic quarterback, man, who can really be dangerous right. outside the pocket. Like, you could say that about anybody. You could say that about, like, Eli Manning, who was not athletic and couldn't beat you outside the pocket. But you know it sounds good? Oh, man, you know, a guy who's athletic who can really move the pocket. He really, like, <laughs> listen to it again. <laughs> he really pauses for 10 seconds. It was, like, bad. Man, it was bad. That's tough. When you look on tape, what are you seeing from Zach Wilson in their offense? Damn. <laughs> that was a hard question, I can't lie. Uh, the team that want to run the ball. A team that want to run. <laughs> yeah. It made me laugh. That's funny. It was tough. It was a tough moment uh, for, for Willie. But, look, uh, I, I think the Chiefs, as you can kind of hear, Feel like they're in an okay space when it comes they to defending be, the pass. Because the Chiefs are not night. a good football team. They yeah. are not good by yeah. any means. All right, I want to play another audio. I'm just going to play you audio that I've just enjoyed. Okay. That's made me laugh. Like that's that. put a sure. smile on my face. This is Garrett Bowles. You remember Garrett Bowles? Oh, yeah, said he was Garrett. He said he was tired of losing to the Chiefs. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. Well, you know what? His team has kept losing to the Chiefs. And you know what? They've decided to try something else. Uh-oh. Not only are they going to lose to the Chiefs, they're just going to lose to everybody <laughs> else. I mean, that, that's a real bold strategy. Listen to Garrett Bowles outside his locker after a 50-point drubbing by the Dolphins. Tired of losing, man. Uh, I've been here for seven years, and all I've done is loss. And it's frustrating. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you should be used to it. When he says, I've been here seven years, you had a chance to get away from the Broncos. You chose to resign with the loser. You could have left. You could have come to Kansas City. Maybe you could have signed in Philadelphia or San Francisco. You had a chance to drop that zero and get with the hero. You like Denver. You felt comfortable in Denver. You wanted to continue playing with the Broncos because you believed in what they're doing. And you know what happened? You sat there and you looked up at the scoreboard as you were sitting there and you realized that your team was down 50 points in the fourth quarter of a game, and you started questioning all the professional decisions that you've made. Yeah, it has got to be a, a special kind of disheartening to see 70 points on the board. It, it is unheard of. You see it on Saturdays all the time because the, the college matchups are, are, you know, there's such a disparity sometimes between the two teams. But in the NFL, that is not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to be able to put 70 points on the board. And so I I can only imagine what it's been like in, in Denver this week. And 
I've I've laughed about this too a, a lot of as far as you know people saying that Nathaniel Hackett actually was not so bad in three weeks. I believe they were two and one. Their point differential was positive. Uh, right now, uh, not so good in the Sean Payton era. I just I find it so humorous that Sean Payton. You remember he did that USA Today interview, just really unprompted. Really unprompted. Yeah. It was very uncharacter. It was very un Sean Payton like. Like I can't think of anything he said when he was the coach of the New Orleans Saints. He just kind of kept his head down, mind his business. He was a typical NFL head coach. And then just out of nowhere on a random July day, he's like, yo, Nate Hackett was trash and will never <laughs> be that bad. And then the first month of the season, you get a 50 piece nugget put on you. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, and, and that whole thing about beating the chiefs. I remember that was the talking point when he got there and it was a talking part for Frank Clark when, when he got there and I mean, they got to win a game, they got to, they got to try to win a, win a couple football games here before they even worry about the Kansas city chiefs. I mean, what would the chiefs put on them? Right. I, I think it would be in the realm of 40 to 40 to 50, something like that. All so. right. I'm going to play another audio cut for you. One that put a smile on my face. One that made me laugh. This is from my guy, Nick Wright with first things first. Okay. He's saying that the chiefs are back, baby. As I told you, the Chiefs are practicing. Okay, that's good. and that was a good practice. Yeah, I think that was so. a good practice. They completed all ten, ten different receivers, and oh, riddle me that. Oh wait, do we have an over-the-middle threat now to replace Juju Smith-Schuster? Looks like Rashe Rice might fill that very role. And then you saw the Richie James without an injury, so Washington comes in, elevate him. Oh, now we have a punt returner. You saw Jarek McKinnon doing what he did last year, catching touchdowns. And I know it's all going to be muddled, not muddled, but lost in the fog of the fact that Miami scored 70 points. But I would bet a lot of money that the single most dominant half of football played in the NFL all season, from this, like, week one to the end of the year, will end up being the first half the Chiefs played against the Bears. I don't think anybody else, 34-0. Let's monitor it. Let's see if there's another team all year that wins a half by more than 34 points. It happened once last season, a 35-0 Bengals-Panthers half of football. So the the Chiefs, and by the way, it should have been 38-0. They took a touchdown off the board. So, yeah, I mean, the, and by the way, the other thing, if you were watching this game, national game on Fox, you know the graphic they kept putting up there? The youngest defense in the NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs, and that defense is allowing 11 points per game. So, yeah, the okay, Chiefs were never gone. With the, with the bear, you know. The, they allowed, played the Lions. Put, put, the Lions pretty good, right? They allowed two touchdowns. Not good enough. Okay, yeah. So the, they've allowed three touchdowns yeah. all year. Practice. That's what the Chiefs had on Sunday. It was uh, Taylor Swift day. It was also a paid scrimmage mm-hmm. that was happening was out there at the game. It's just I don't want to in any way diminish what the Chiefs did. If you do that to an NFL team, thirty-four to right. nothing, you put it on them like that, yo, you deserve all the applause. Especially with the way Fields looked last year. I mean, we're only what. A year removed from that, too. The Bears stink. No, they do. Like, at the end of the season, the Bears are firing their general manager. You think he, Poles is gone? I think I'm not letting Poles build another roster for me. No, nope. <laughs> I'm not letting you build another roster. I think the head you coach You built is, this roster. I think I'm the not head letting you build another is, roster. No, everybody's got to go. Poles, you got to go. <laughs> Matt Eberflus, you got to go. Justin Fields, you got to go. Wow, everyone's going. I mean, I might get rid of 
I might get rid of Navy Pier. I might get rid of the bean. We got to make some changes in Chicago. We got to make some changes. What about the boats? The boat tours? We got to make changes. We can't even do that thing they do for us. St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. The Green green River? Yeah, we can't do that. No, you're going to take away the Green River? The Bears have taken away the Green River by the way they've been playing. That's how bad they've been so far this season. We're changing up. We're doing things completely different. One more audio clip that I would like to play for you, Pete Sweeney. Bring it on. How much of a bump have you seen this week because of Taylor Swift? I haven't even asked you about Taylor Swift. How much of a bump have you seen? It's, it's been incredible. It, so I, I tweeted this out on, on Sunday and I'll share it here. One, once it became news that Taylor was coming to the game and it was confirmed by the people that usually can confirm things on its own, alone from Google searches, an article that we had posted three days earlier about Travis Kelsey breaking the silence regarding Taylor Swift got 20,000 hits in four hours by itself, native, like that we call it, and that's some inside website stuff, but we call that like native clicks where we're not doing anything and people were just seeking it out. And so uh, huge. I mean, it's been huge. It, it, it And I, I, I'll, I'd go as far as to say it may make the Kansas City Chiefs have higher ratings than the Dallas Cowboys this year, which is, again, unheard of in in NFL circles. I want to play for you a story that was on Good Morning America earlier today about the effect that she is having on NFL ticket prices. Listen to this. This morning, StubHub reporting that since Taylor Swift appeared at Sunday's Kansas City Chiefs game to support tight end Travis Kelsey, ticket sales have nearly tripled in a 24-hour window for Chiefs home games. And for this Sunday's upcoming showdown at MetLife Stadium, the home team Jets have sold the most tickets in a single day this season. We thought we had seen as big as Taylor Swift could get this summer. And now we're seeing her kind of shake the foundations of what has really been kind of one of the more stable enterprises in this country, the NFL. Gabby Fuchs is a huge Taylor Swift fan, attending the era's tour this past May, and while she normally roots for the Pittsburgh Steelers, she and her friends bought tickets to this weekend's Jets game, hoping to catch a glimpse of T-Swift. As Taylor Swift said, it's a fun way to spend a Sunday night. So I'm very excited to go and just be, be honestly a part of what I think is everyone's favorite pop culture moment right now. People are buying tickets to NFL. She's not even a fan of either of the two teams. Taylor Swift has not confirmed she's going to be there. Taylor Swift is not performing at halftime. She is not singing. She is just, if she is there, she is simply going to be in attendance as a spectator, just like this young lady will. This woman has bought tickets to a football game unrelated to her own team on the possibility that Taylor Swift could be there watching the game. Yeah, I've covered the Chiefs for a long time now, and I have seen a quarterback throw a pass to himself and the team lose a playoff game. I've seen Andy Reid go to the podium dressed as Santa Claus. I have covered a season from my apartment via video conference call because of a national international pandemic. This is the oddest and most surreal week. I think that we've had with her coming to the game because of just the profile that it's raised of the team and organization. I mean, it's, it's crazy and I was listening to you and Rob talk about this on the way in about whether or not she'll go to another game this this year. I think she's at the game on Sunday. 
She lives in New York City. Why wouldn't she go? Oh, you're betting on this. You think she's going to be I mean, in the game? Bet. I don't know if there's odds on fans. I know, I'm, sa- I'm saying with us right here, just a drive, oh. just a drive yes. bet. If, you're, if we're willing to put money in the pot, if she's going to be at the game or not, I don't think she's going to be at the I game. I think she's going to be at the game, and this is going to this madness is going to continue. I know it's probably annoying to some of you out there. Uh, it is it is fatiguing me. I will I will admit oh, that. I would, oh, but I mean, I, it is not anywhere near close to over, and I think it even gets bigger after she's on Sunday night football, because now that's a national appearance. I mean, if you're tired of it now, let her be at the game in in New York on Sunday night football. I would say we're at like a nine or a 10. If she goes to a second, now she's following Travis Kelsey on the road and going to road chiefs games. Well, it's her, it's her home. That's that makes it different for me. If, if this week was Minnesota, that's where I think it it would be different, but, she she has a residence in New York. It's it would be just she has to take a car to to probably go. Seems like she had plenty of fun from all the tabloids at at what is it called Pl- Pl- Prime Social on the on the Plaza this weekend. Why you know why would she not go to a game that's just in in her city? I mean I'm shocked you actually weren't at the Prime Social thing. I mean, that's I mean, that's a Who place said that I wasn't there. I mean that's just like a Tuesday meal for you. That's just like a <laughs> normal said- hey babe you want to go grab something? To eat? Hey let's just go sit up on the rooftop at Prime Social I mean, and grab said- something. To eat. Who said I wasn't there? You know that, that's I mean that's up for discussion. I'm not I can't confirm or deny. But I will say this. Uh, in my Eric Bieniemy fashion, I do not think this is close to over. I, I think this is one of the bigger stories in, in NFL history. Like I looked and I tweeted this out before the new heights podcast as of today is not the number one sports and recreation. It's the podcast. number one podcast. It's period. the number one podcast that's in the in, entire country. Like that is how big this has kind of shifted the Kansas city chiefs. And we we've gotten the, We've gotten the line that we're going to get from Chiefs players the rest of the way. Mahomes gave it today, and that is that we're going to keep it moving and give them their privacy. So I don't think you'll hear any more questions from us regarding it because I think that's that's all we're going to get. So we'll get back to some of the football of this. But as far as the brand being built. Who do you and, think that came from, Andy? You think Andy was like, hey, we're done talking about it? Or, or do you think it was Travis, or do you think it was her team? I think it was a combination of them all. It was probably Andy and Travis and Taylor and the Chiefs PR department doing what they do, which is let's create a line that we can kind of give these these folks to, so that people will stop asking about it. So I don't think we're going to get any like press about it. However, I don't I don't think she's going to stop going to games because it seems like they're actually in this developing relationship and she's the biggest star in the world. I just have one very serious football question to ask you today. I know today's been a little bit different, but that's kind of what happens when you smoke the Bears and then you got the Jets coming up, you know? Next week when they play in Minnesota, you know, I'll treat Minnesota like a real football team. Even though they're winless, Minnesota has the best wide receiver in the league. They got a capable quarter. Minnesota's a real football team. The Bears are not a real football team, and neither are the Jets. There are trap games, and there are actually trap games. Like, And the Minnesota team is an example of a desperate team that actually has a quarterback in pieces and could somehow turn it around. These last two teams, Bears and now the Jets, are not teams that are turning it around this year. You know what I mean? So I agree with you. I have one real football question to ask you. Okay. I'm going to play one audio clip for you. This was Patrick Mahomes when he was on our show, and he talked about Juwan Taylor. Here's what Mahomes said. We've been working on it. I mean, we've been adamant about it in practice and getting the guys lined up the right right direction and the right spot. Um, you understood a little bit the first the first game back. I know they were going to be really hard on it. 
Um, but it's just it's hard for me whenever you, I, I watch the tape around the league and you see everybody else, and he's better than a lot of other guys in the league about where he's lining up. Um, and then he gets called on and the other guys don't. So we just we just want the play it to, to be fair for everybody. I mean, we want we want guys to go out there and we understand what the rules are. Um, but if, you, if you're going to flag it on him, you're going to have to flag it on a lot of other guys too. It can't just be only one guy in the entire league. I think they're talking about Lane Johnson with the Eagles. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I just think they're talking about. I think he is the most egregious with it in the entire league. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're just talking about just because this, this happened on a national broadcast, like enough already. And I, I think they appreciated the adjustment the first week. And, and I think Andy Reid got to a point where he said, I don't even care if I get fined. I'm defending my guy, which goes into the whole idea of Andy Reid being this supreme players coach. And you can start to understand why they love playing for him because he's very careful with the officiating. He doesn't like to lose his money on these fines. And he said, screw that. This is so unfair to what is happening to Taylor. It's affecting his play to an extent. He's still doing a pretty good job when it comes to the grades and the blocking and all that. But it it's annoying. And they want to see it stopped. And I think it goes in the other direction this weekend because of Mahomes and, and Reed's efforts. Yeah. Do you think that the Chiefs are going to continue to sit him down with Wanego now on the IR? I mean, we've, they've done this twice. They did it in the Jacksonville game and they did it against the Bears. Like now they don't have that safety net of, hey, we can just kind of reset you a little bit. They obviously trusted Wanego. I don't, I, just, I don't know if they're going to have the same trust in their backup. Back no, up right tackle. No, I, I don't. I don't. I think they're going with Taylor, and because they're going with Taylor, they want to see an end to these unfair penalties, and they've gotten that out there. You really are running a risk of getting fined. Mahomes is – he makes a little bit more money than Andy, but you can get fined for this. And so they, they've thrown that out the window, and they just want to see it, it different. And I think Andy Reid wouldn't be going to this level if he didn't see a problem in it. And I think he gets the respect of the rest of the league and the officiating because he's so – um, important to the game when it comes to being a 20-year head coach. He really loves the Hall of Fame. He comes from that Mike Holmgren background. He cares about his own tree and, uh, you know, again, loved by the players and, and his fellow coaches. So, you know, I, I see it changing in the other direction this weekend. Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride, man. We appreciate you, man. I know it's a busy week, man. I know you've been, like, really trying to get down yeah. your Taylor Swift song references, sure. Cruel Summer, you sure. know. Love I did a Taylor story. Swift uh, segment on TV. Um yesterday and i i you know i i just want to get to a point where we can look forward to seeing her in saint joe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean at that point they're married i'm just gonna go and say that they're <laughs> the married at that too. point she ain't never going to saint joe as a girlfriend okay. i'm gonna tell you that right, right now uh that's our guy All pete right. sweetie coming in studios uh pete i appreciate you